0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hold on, nobody up. The two-hole pitch. Here's a swing, a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up,
2: baby. Get up,
1: get
3: up, get up. Oh, yeah. This one is going to go. Oh, my.
4: Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler and the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. Welcome into the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Claves down in Jupiter, Wheeler not in Jupiter. So Wheeler is jealous of Claibs <laughs> <laughs> again this week, but uh, my jealousy will, will probably not pass Claibs, but the, the, the access to, that we all have to seeing some baseball and everything else will start to pick up this weekend with the exhibition season, the spring training season starting on Sunday. So while I may be jealous that that you're in Florida and I'm not, the weather has been better here in St. Louis. The last few days, we were in the negative temperatures last week and it's in the fifties and sixties now. So I guess I'll say that I'm making it through.
3: You'll manage. It won't be that long. <laughs> trust me before we uh, we're all together and, uh, as you mentioned, we're going to have games this weekend, and that's a good thing. And, you know, we've had a couple of practices now and some workouts and some bullpen. So uh, we're moving in a good
4: direction. Absolutely. And look, we're not going to get all of the answers to the questions that we want to get answers to in the beginning of spring. But I do think, Claves, that, you know, with the shorter spring, and by shorter, I just mean fewer like a games, right? Fewer, fewer regular games. I'm sure they're going to try to mix in some B games to get people at bats and innings, but um, it's obviously a more complicated thing than it normally is. Um, Outside of finding more offense, even more offense, like finding, you know, finding out who's in the, who in the outfield is going to produce a little bit more or where they're going to be able to find uh, a little bit more pop here and there. Is there anything else that, you really want to find out about over the course of the next five weeks? Uh, yes,
3: I would think I need to find out if we don't have a DH and Matt Carpenter is your lone experienced left-handed batter, where else are you going to have some more left-handed punch at? Uh, mm-hmm. Because when you think about Carlson, switch hitter, yep. Edmund, switch hitter, uh, their combined time in the majors is what, maybe two years, if that much, If you if you add up all the games. Uh, so it, it doesn't give me a lot of, of you know, of comfort of saying this is the, all the left-handed punch we have. And let's face it, this is a league that makes adjustments quickly. And if they figure that you don't have anybody that can hurt you from the left side, then they're going to bear down on you a little bit more. So I think that's one issue. The other issue for me, aside from who's going to be the fifth starter, and we, we can go through that ad nauseum, is what you're going to do about who's backing up Paul, Paul DeYoung at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, the one guy who I thought would have the job last year was Amundo Sosa. Ironically, he never made it to the big leagues last year, um, COVID, and just they just didn't make space for him. Right. He's a guy that they like in that position because uh, he can play a little third also, but I, I also feel like they've got to continue to look to make sure that they have a guy who's not going to give 4 at-bats away when he gets a chance to play.
4: Yeah. It's interesting. I agree with you. I think the left-handed presence in the lineup uh, would be helpful. Now, if you have a DH, you can have Matt Carpenter occupy that role. Um, And, and maybe Justin Williams is a part of that too. Yeah. Uh, Depending on, you know, whether or not you want to keep him as a fifth outfielder, I think we, would you agree that the the four seem to be pretty well set with uh, obviously Carlson Bader O'Neill, and seemingly Lane Thomas. Now, I know that could change in the spring, but I know they're high on him, and he plays all three outfield spots, which is not true of Williams. He's definitely a corner guy, and by a lot of scouting reports I've seen, is more of a left fielder than a right fielder. But that lefty bat still might be useful.
3: Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be useful because in his case, he, he can hit for a little power. Right. And I think if you're going to have a guy lefty bat, and whether he's going to get four bats in a day, or maybe he's a guy that comes off your bench late, that you have to have someone with that ability to be a difference maker. And, you know, Williams, in the brief time that we saw him, has shown flashes, not enough to say this guy's a lock. Uh, You know, I think the the, the, the first-round draft choice tarnish has kind of worn off as far as when he was taken a few years ago and he's one of those guys, and I think Bader and O'Neal are in the same category, and even Lane Thomas, it, it's time to produce. It's it's time to take advantage of the opportunity that you're given, mm-hmm. and it may not be one that you're going to play every day, but it may be one where you need to be prepared to make a contribution in whatever the situation uh, works for. So, you know, it's something that we, we have to see, and it's going to really be incumbent upon those guys to take full advantage of every back, Kevin, you know, there's some guys yeah. who come here and they just want to see the ball. They want to do this. They want to do that, but they never bear down until the last 10 games of the season. These guys don't have that uh, option. They need to be bearing down from the moment they say play ball.
4: That's yeah, it was funny. I was That's what I was going to go to next. Claves is, you know, how much of, of that answer about the outfield and who's going to get playing time has to be, you know, Kind of figured out before opening day because as you point out you know it's not like these guys have had zero chance although you know with, with thomas and williams their opportunities have been really small they haven't had any kind of extended chance but you know i mean you, you're trying to get a handle about on on where things stand going into the season although i'm not sure there are a whole lot of solutions that are readily apparent if it doesn't work out i just find it curious that you know you're going to have um, one way or the other, it looks like a pretty strong defensive group, both in the outfield and in the infield. But, you know, that outfield offense is probably the number one question, right? And and outfield is normally where teams get a lot of their offense.
3: Yeah, you're right. And and that's something that's a, a head-scratcher. Uh, and how we arrive at that, man, I, I just don't know how long you give guys to produce starting in spring training. You don't want to have a quick hook Right. But you have to find some consistency somewhere, and that's that's going to be a challenge for Mike Schilt and his coaching staff to to figure out. Is this a person that's in it for the long haul? Uh, I don't think you want to start going out looking in other organizations at this stage, but you you certainly have to improve because you got the things in the middle. You got Goldschmidt, you got Arnado, and hopefully you'll have Carlson being able to be regular contributors along with Molina and DeYoung. So b- back end front end of the order you you got to find something that's going to be consistent and is going to normally come from the alpha you.
4: Yeah, no question about it. And and last thing here Kleb says, uh we got a whole busy show to get to coming up, but th- this is also kind of a question at the top of the order too, right? Like, you know, there there's an interesting kind of, you know, how do we play this cuz you know, Tommy Edmond is the kind of the prototype in terms of speed and guy that can create some things on the bases, score from first on a double and all that. But He's not really known for the on-base skill, uh, so if that improves, I think that answers that question all by itself. But what, what, what if, what if Matt Carpenter has a big spring? What do you do? I mean, you know, it, it, and again, he has to do that. I think we we've, we've been, would you agree, Claves? It's it's been since August of twenty eighteen where we've really seen Matt Carpenter be a productive major league hitter, at least on a regular basis. But what if he has an amazing spring? What if he's crushing it? What, what do you see what, happening there at the top of the order and at second base? I'm going to go half full here. What if
3: he doesn't? What if he it lives up to what we've seen the last three years?
4: Well, then he's on and, the bench. And, yeah.
3: <laughs> and and there, now you're really looking for a left-handed bat. Uh, I point. mean, so it's, it's, and, and I, and I don't want to make this sound like gloom and doom, but I haven't seen anything, <clears throat> excuse me, that gives me a feeling like this is going to be better than the last three years, because, we, we've seen a lot of adjustments made. We've seen different spots in the order. We've seen everything from different workout programs to lifting more weights, lifting less weights, to wearing batting gloves. We've heard everything. And oh, by the way, he's getting older. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and those are the concerns that I have that I don't see how 35 year olds turning around in the manner that I think we're going to need this 35 year old to turn it around.
4: We got a big show for you today. Not a big shock during spring training. A lot of cool things happening. We're going to hear from Nolan Arenado coming up in a couple of minutes. Later on this hour, Claves had a one-on-one conversation with Jack Flaherty. So we got a big piece of that for you, plus a conversation with Derek Gould. A busy first hour here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
0: Amron, Illinois has been installing smart meters throughout the state. While you probably don't notice a difference day to day, this advanced technology is giving us the power to do more. These smart meters allow us to detect and isolate outages faster than ever before. Plus, they give you more ways to help control your energy usage and save you money. As we continue to upgrade our network, your smart meter will continue to become, well, smarter. Now that's energy at work. Learn more at amronillinois.com slash reliability. Music
1: Hey, St. Louis, Dan McLaughlin here, and I have a scoop for you. Download the Schnucks Rewards app. Trust me, it'll pay off. You shop at Schnucks like normal, earn points on almost everything in the store, and redeem the points for money off. Easy as that. If earning money off your groceries wasn't enough, it also has cool features to make shopping at Schnucks even easier. You can locate items in the store, refill prescriptions, check the weekly ad. It's a grocery game changer. So download Schnucks Rewards from the App Store or Google Play and start saving today. This is John Rooney for Eye Warehouse. For all you contact lens wearers out there, no one ever commented that your contacts look fabulous. Eye
0: Warehouse. In the world of high fashion, eyewear always trumps contacts. Do you know that Goodwill accepts car donations? Yes. If you have an old car or truck that's just taking up space, consider donating it to Goodwill. It's quick, easy, and towing is free. Plus, you'll get a tax receipt and family bills for a year, compliments of our hometown Lions choice, while supplies last. For more info or to donate online, visit mersgoodwill.org. Your car donation helps fund Goodwill's many programs, including their Excel Center High School with over 400 graduates and still growing. Your donations change lives. For a hole in your roof, or a whole new roof. Frederick Roofing, Frederick Roofing, 645-2000.
4: 88,000 satisfied customers since 1929. Frederick Roofing, 645-2000. The 2020 Ford F-150 is built for the Midwest with everything you want in a pickup. Want the power and efficiency of a potent six-engine lineup? Want top-rated towing and best-in-class payload that never quits? What about the latest driver-assist tech that gives you the confidence for any road ahead? The 2020 F-150 has it all and more. That's what makes F-Series the top-selling truck for 42 years and counting. Get behind the wheel of an F-150 today at your quality Ford dealer, proud sponsor of the St. Louis Cardinals. Classes, full-size pickups under 8,500 pounds,
0: GVWR. Whether you're a chance starter, Let's go blue! A towel waver, a chest painter, or a glass thumper. No matter how you fan, now you can fan even harder with Blues Checking from Scott Credit Union. Earn interest with no fees and no minimum balance. With Blues Checking, you're always on a power play. So fan harder with Blues Checking from Scott Credit Union. Join us at scu.org. Once again, the day will come when the five-gallon buckets
3: of sunflower seeds are hauled from the storage rooms, when the telltale bouquet of mathematically cut grass, pine tar, and brand spanking new jerseys will fill the Missouri air, when the dexterous fingers of Dwayne Hilton will dance across the organ's ivories once more.
0: It may not feel like it, but rest easy, Cardinals fans. Spring is coming. Philip 66, live to the full. Proud sponsor of the St. Louis Cardinals.
4: Whether it's time to welcome a new season or say goodbye to a franchise great, Cardinals Magazine gives you the most in-depth, indispensable story around. For nearly three decades, Cardinals Magazine has taken you on the field and inside the clubhouse with premier
5: coverage of Cardinals past, present, and future in season and out. Make this year a
1: better year with Cardinals Magazine. Subscribe at cardinals.com slash magazine or 314-345-9000. Cardinals Magazine, it's all here.
4: We continue with the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network, Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And of course, for the last few weeks, you know, one of our primary topics has been the arrival of Nolan Aronado. the Cardinals of course, making the big trade with the Rockies a while back and not only hearing from him in his initial press conference, but hearing other people talking about his presence. Well, I want you guys to hear a little bit from him from this week. Uh, Aronado had his first full squad workout with the Cardinals earlier this week and afterward talked a bit about the experience. The
2: first day is always a little different
4: you know we got on the field smoothly and uh yeah it was fun being in
2: the group of those guys talking the game but uh it was a good solid day you know it felt good to be out there with the team putting pants on again so real easy day thought it was really important to get here early uh you know the big thing was obviously to get used to where i was going and then the other was the time difference from california it's a three-hour difference so getting up early over here is pretty early back home so how to get used to it a little bit quicker. And I thought I'd prepare me for this day and it has. So getting up early has been a problem and uh, I feel fresh. I feel good. And, uh, you know, I love coming to the ballpark every day here and uh, it's nice to get to work. And everything I think about this organization um, has kind of been, it's come to light, obviously seeing it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there hasn't been any surprises, obviously the, the intensity has been great. Um, the hard work, the coaches are all locked in. It's been really cool. The communication has been great you know, everything I kind of expected. It's been that. So I've been really excited. I really like it so far and uh, it's the way it should be. So it's been nice. Um, We're all getting along, talking. Um, We are spending enough time. We're spending enough time with each other outside, you know, inside or, you know, they don't want us doing that. So outside in the tents and stuff like that, you know, we're sitting more than six feet apart. So we're talking, communicating the game, but uh, it's been great. It's been great so far. Uh, I love it. Um, All the coaches are there to push you and get you better and they're challenging me with new drills and new things, and I really like that. Nolan, I was wondering if you've had a chance to talk to Nolan Gorman much. Obviously, you know, a younger guy who's a third baseman uh, who was who one of the you know top prospects here. Yeah, um, you know, the first few days I was in the same group as him before camp started, so we got to know each other a little bit. We went golfing together and uh, got to hang out, and obviously he's an extremely talented player with big power, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to help us win a lot of games, and... You know, obviously that trade stuff is probably a tough, you know, probably a weird adjustment, but it seems like, you know, he he isn't complaining. He's getting to work. He's working hard at second base and third base and everywhere. So, I mean, he seems like he's all in and he looks like he wants to contribute and that's the kind of players you want on your team. So I believe he'll have an impact with this one day and hopefully it's sooner rather than later.
6: Knowing Carp as long as you have, how do you see his his attitude right now? Because he's not necessarily got a regular job with the addition of
5: you, but there's a spot for him. I'm sure somewhere here.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Carp's a great player. He's done some great things in this game, and uh, he's going to be a big part of this group, and we need him. We need him to be who he is, and uh, we need him on this team. Um, so I'm excited to play with him. Obviously, you know, we're going to push each other at third, and uh, he's going to probably play a little bit of second, a little bit of first. I mean, he's going to help us win ball games. There's no doubt about that. So I'm excited to play with Carp. Um, you know, he's going to have a position, and he's going to help us win a lot of games this year. Nolan, I'm curious what your excitement level is strictly on the defensive side of things. Obviously, we have a great defense, great outfield, and then we have some really good pitching. So that's going to carry us a long way. You know, obviously, the offense is. I mean, the offense side, we got to obviously be better and you know help the team win. But I mean, we got some great defense, and I'm really excited for that. I mean, that's how we're going to pull some great wins off, and uh, it's going to carry us. But you know, we have, like I said, we have great pitching. I think we're going to have the timely hitting, and hopefully, that can help the lineup a little bit. But Like I said, this defense is pretty good. I mean, taking ground balls
4: with all of them, they all look fundamentally sound and they move well. And it's been really nice to see. And again, that's Nolan Arenado from a little bit earlier this week. Stick around. We got a lot more to do. Uh, Some great interviews for you this hour, even busier in the next hour. So make sure you're staying with us. Also want to remind you that you should gear up for the season with a subscription to Cardinals magazine. It's your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out. You can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine or call 314-345-9000. Coming up next, Mike Claiborne had a nice little sit down with Jack Flaherty. You're going to hear from the Cardinals number one starter. Coming up next, it is the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. rolling along on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. Just days before the first game here on the network coming up on Sunday. So uh, you'll be hearing live baseball Sunday at 12.05 p.m. with the Cardinals taking on the Washington Nationals. Now, we don't know yet who's going to be starting that game, but we do have a pretty good idea who's going to be starting on opening day. Seems like a pretty good chance that would be Cardinals starter Jack Flaherty. Earlier this week, he sat down with our own Mike Claiborne Talk a bit about things getting ramped up here in the early part of the spring.
3: You actually face some hitters with bats in their hands compared to, I'm sure, where you were working out in the offseason. They may have a guy standing in the box, but these guys may be a little bit better than what you face. So how
7: did you think things went? You know, it's always interesting the first time you get a hitter in there. It's just a different feeling. You know, you tend to overthrow things a little bit, try to make things a little bit better than they need to be. So just from a mental standpoint, it was good to get somebody in there, uh, try to hit your stuff. You know, if you're working on something, or trying something out, you can get a little bit better of a feel and get some get some more feedback as opposed to, you know, somebody receiving your stuff or somebody watching. It's a little bit different when you get a hitter in there trying to hit it and who's willing to give you feedback too. Are you working
3: on a different pitches or are you working on something new or are you just trying to play with some things just
7: to get a feel? Just playing with things, trying to get a feel and uh, seeing how things react. You know, for me, just making sure pitches are in the same spot, like where they need to be you know, that the, the slider's breaking the way it needs to, curveball's breaking the way it needs to, fastball has the, you know, the life it needs to. Um, you can kind of see where your fastball is at just based on how they react to things. And, you know, if they're taking your, your slider, you know, maybe they'll tell you, hey, it's a little flat today. You know, might feel good in bullpens, and then the second you get a hitter in there, they might tell you something different. So you can just, you're able to read swings and know how, you know, a hitter should react to a certain pitch. And if they don't, then, you know, hopefully there's a communication where they're able to help you out. How much do you
3: pay attention to velocity? Um, you know, we've seen guys come in the game and they want to go 97. They want to go 98. They want to go 99. And they want to wow people, but they don't have the control. It might be a little too flat. So what's your comfort zone with regard to velocity and when you know you can do things off of your fastball?
7: I think the, the hitter is going to tell you exactly where your velo is at. Some guys hit the fastball a little bit better than others. and But also some days your fastball is going to play different. Um that it is you know some guys throw 99 and you know hitter may come back and be like that just doesn't feel like 99 some guys may throw 94 and hitters will come back and be like, it looks it feels like he's throwing 100 out there so <laughs> everybody's different um at least for myself like I, when I get into a game a hitter is gonna tell me exactly where my fastball velo is at I might have a little bit more giddy up on it one day and you know another day I may have to just focus on locating it a little bit more so the hitter will tell you everything you need to know about your VLO. It's cool to look up at the scoreboard and see where you're at, but at the end of day, hitter's gonna tell you.
3: Now, when you watch hitters and their reaction, you watching their swing, you watching footwork, you watching their their eyes.
7: What what's what are the keys for you to see if it's working or if you may need to adjust? All different things. Their takes, their swings. Are they early? Are they late? Did they see it well? Was it like a good take? Was it kind of in between? Um, did they just get lucky with a good take? Sometimes you throw a really good pitch and you just like you, kind of guess and maybe you chalk it up, be like, ah, that's just that's just a lucky that's a lucky take. I'm gonna try that again. Um, sometimes you're wrong, so you you look at everything. You look at the way they take it. You look at their feet. Sometimes their hip, whether or not their hips flying open, uh, if they're cheating. But you, you see it in their timing. You know, if they're on time for the fastball, whatnot.
3: You know, I always like to remind people that as good of a pitcher might be, you know, they pay that guy with a bat in his hand a lot of money to Mm -hmm. do some damage as well. And they're going to get you from time to time. Uh, How much of a memory do you have in those situations where, yeah, he got me and I gave him a really good pitch and he just took care of it compared to saying, all right, I don't want to throw that pitch again. Or or are you one of those guys that say, I think my pitch is going to be better than his swing.
7: I'm always going to take my pitch over over his swing, but I'm going to remember, you know, Maybe an approach that a guy had, you know, if you got me in a situation or whatnot, or if I, especially if I got him, you know, I remember the sequence, I remember, you know, the approach he had or the, the takes he took, um, but definitely on certain pitches, maybe it wasn't your best one, you might, you might have thought like, oh, you threw a really good pitch and you go and watch the video and you're like, ah, oh, it really, it wasn't like it was, it was mm-hmm. over the plate. And I actually made a mistake. And usually that's what it is. Usually a lot of the, the pitches that get, you know, a guy gets you because they are going to get got guys are going to hit homers off you. It's just going to happen. A lot of those tend to be mistakes. You may think it was a lot better than it was, but it usually tends to be a mistake. So
3: you ever had that situation where you really had second thoughts about throwing a pitch and this moment, you throw it, you know, it's going to be a pitch. that's going to give you trouble. Or are you one of those ones that you'll step off and take a deep breath, maybe shake off the sign to make sure you have more confidence in the pitch? Because I've seen where guys, when they get in between and they're not sure, they throw a pitch without the confidence behind it, and the next thing you know they're using a new baseball
7: because that one is unplayable. That's one of the things we talk about is, is throwing with conviction, which is what I've always been about. So if I'm unsure about a pitch, I either won't throw it and I'll shake it off or you know, I may be all about it and – and then I get it some I don't know what it is, something just clicks with me, like, yeah, maybe that's not it. And so I will uh, I'll step off, regroup, and see when he puts it down again if I still want to throw it or not. So it just is, is making sure you're convicted behind every pitch. I try to not throw anything unless I wholeheartedly believe in it, where you know, I can deal with the I can deal with the result at the end of the day. There's still
3: this rumor that the hitters are going to be pitchers and the pitchers are gonna be hitters. How much have you swung the bat? from last year I mean obviously with no DH last year you may have been in a cage in the offseason I don't know I know you take pride in your hitting
7: so where are you at with that at this point that's a work in progress right now because I didn't swing at all last year once we left spring training I didn't swing I think I swung about one time once we left spring training and then in the off offseason I, I swung about one time I think so we're st- kind of starting from scratch this spring. Uh, <laughs> oh you know, boy! But at the end of the day, it comes down to we just need more game reps. Mm-hmm. So we could take all the reps we want in the cage, but we don't ever get any game reps. We'll take, you know, the last couple of years, it's been we, we go in the the last like two games of spring and we get like four at bats, and we're like okay, go ahead and let's let's try to hit in season or just like where's our game? We haven't hit in the like we we probably need more reps this year considering we didn't hit for a whole year. What did you take away from last year as a
3: person and what was going on, A, in your life, B, in this country, and certainly in the game of baseball? What are some of the things you took away that you wanted to try and keep with you
7: for 2021? At least from a team perspective, you know, our team can handle a lot of adversity. You know, we sat out for 15 games or 15 days, whatever it was, had to play however many doubleheaders it was. And for our team and our guys to go through that, and especially with me not pitching all that well and um, for guys to just get us in a situation to to get to the playoffs and then get in the playoffs and then put up a fight against the uh, you know being a couple pitches away here and there from uh from beating the Padres so um from a team perspective we can handle adversity and then uh for me you know it just brought me back to getting back to my roots and you know got away from a couple things with all that time off and uh just brought me back to figure out you know who I was what made me me what, what made me the pitcher that I am and just spending my time the right way it was it was just a, you know it was good it was good to get uh you know over the first quarantine when we got sent home from spring training it was good to have uh it's probably the most family time I've had in a while with me with myself uh, my mom and my brother all under the same roof so it was good it was good to have that and uh it was nice to to have that, that family time and, and just remember what that feels like.
3: This off season was really, really slow. And then all of a sudden Adam signs. And then mm-hmm. the rumor goes out about Arnado. Now, this is the same thing we heard last year. What went through your mind when you first heard that the Arenado deal might be
7: real this time? Here we go again. I was just I just it was just another rumor. Yeah, I was just like, It's just another rumor. One of one of the guys texted me. I think the morning of, I think the athletic wrote an article about it, and he sent it, and I was just like, "This ain't gonna happen." I don't know why we're getting excited. Like I'm, I'm happy we got Wayno back, Um, but I was just like, I thought nothing of it, to be honest. And then obviously things happened really quick that day.
3: And then all of a sudden it takes place, then Yachty comes back, and here Mm -hmm. we go because spring training is just around the corner. So have have you had a chance to really digest and then look over and realize, you know, we have one of the best players in the game, and he's on our team to go along with some other good players you have on your team?
7: I think that that first spring training game we play, hopefully he's in there, but that's when it will really hit of like, yeah, this guy's on our team. Like we got to – like this guy's over at third base right now, and he's he's gonna be with us. So I think that's when it'll hit. It's it's nice, you know, seeing him around, seeing him in the locker room, seeing him, you know, take BP and whatnot. I haven't had too much time to interact because that's just the way it's been with uh with protocols and whatnot, and 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 just trying to you know do the best we can. But uh, but yeah, it, it's been good team around. All right, one other thing before we get out of here off season
3: also had you involved in arbitration. And and I know that uh, arbitration is not an easy thing to do. Uh, The Cardinals had not lost one. Gosh, you go back to the nineties. They've been involved in a couple. I remember the Michael Walker one that that's not a neat experience. That's not a fun day at the beach. What was it like for you?
7: I mean, the whole process of itself is, is it sucks trying to find the best way to describe it. It's just, it's not a, it's not a fun process to go through. It's, even with trying to decide your value, like you got to look back at previous players and you got to comp yourself to somebody, which is great and all, like you have previous, which is, you know, how salaries work too when you, you know, go into free agency and you comp yourself to somebody else. But the free agent market has accounted for inflation, whereas the arbitration system is still like, it's still the same. And, you know, guys get signed out of, going into the arbitration process. They signed deals to stay out of it. And, you know, it hurts the system a little bit. So the, the system of itself is, is not good, and it definitely was not built to come off of a year like 2020 for a bunch of the first-year guys. I don't want to say it was eye-opening, but it was interesting to sit through. It was interesting to hear hear a bunch of things and really interesting just to learn about the process and that it, it is it's not good.
4: And again, that's Jack Flaherty with Mike Claiborne here on the Countdown Show. Now, I've got a question for you. And if you're somebody that's getting married in 2021, Busch Stadium is the perfect venue for baseball-loving couples and dates are still available for the season. So you can check it all out uh, for receptions, to ceremonies, to portrait sessions. Cardinal special events can help bring a little baseball. To your big day. Obviously, you can find out more at Cardinals.com. All right, we got a lot more to do. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with Derek Gould of the Post Dispatch here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here on this Wednesday evening. And glad to have you with us. I know we've had a nice busy hour already, having heard from Nolan Aranato and Jack Flaherty. And now it's time to hear from uh, Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch. He and Mike Claiborne both in Jupiter this time of year. And, of course, just earlier this week, Claibs and Derek sat down to talk a bit about how things are going and what we can expect here moving forward in the spring.
3: The offense, the offense, the offense. And when you look at the pieces, it, it still seems like there's some things missing.
8: Yeah. You know, I mean, you think that they they, they certainly have the, the, you know, the tentpole hitters in Arenado and Goldschmidt around which to build around. But it's at the outliers that there are so many questions. It's like, where is the depth come from? Where's the leadoff hitter? There's really not an obvious leadoff hitter, especially with Schilt being dismissive of Dylan Carlson possibly being there. So, you know, I think when you look at what, you know, they're they're trying to do offensively to create depth, they have names and pieces to put there. But there are real questions at the flanks. Um, They know who the middle order is. They know that Dylan Carlson is going to be part of it. Um, But what they do all around that, I think is very fascinating.
3: Let's talk about, I won't call it hot seat, but probably going to get a longer look and maybe the last look. Uh, I think you've got some guys in the outfield who really have to step up. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to hold the hands of Tyler O'Neill or Harrison Bader this year. It's either sink or swim. And, and you know, Lane Thomas would be in that conversation if not for the injury and the illness of last year.
8: Yeah, he might still be. Um, you know, I mean, the, the Cardinals are a little Randy or shy with their outfielders at this point in time. Um, and maybe, you know, also a little Luke Voigt shy in the sense that, you know, these are guys who they have scouted and they've acquired and they think they have – you know, real talent to be producers for them, and they want to give them the chance. They've really cleared a lot of away over the last two years to give these guys a healthy amount of playing time. I think spring training kind of sets the stage for how much playing time and how much patience the team has. Um, you know, Harrison Bader is an exception, exceptional elite fielder. That keeps him in the lineup. That has the Cardinals talking about him as the incumbent in center field. There's a lot to like about Lane Thomas and has – been for a while. I mean, you look back to what he did at Triple A and he was Randy Orozarena before Randy Orozarena was a Rosarena. and he did so before the ball got kind of crazy at Triple A, if you recall. So, you know, Lane Thomas has a well-rounded game, lots of facets to his game, can play center, can, you know, crack out some doubles, has sneaky power. Justin Williams has really, you know, found a footing on the roster, um, you know, coming out of summer camp last year. You know, the, the outfield... It, it just it has to be better. It's been the biggest anchor on the on the team offensively. It's just been the least productive outfield of any winning team in baseball for two years now. And how they how they get more from it, I think is not just a, a test of the players, certainly there first and foremost, but it's also a test of the Cardinals development at the major league level. How do they get more from these guys? You know, over the past three, four or five years the Cardinals have not gotten the production from hitters that they count on. And that goes for Marcello Zuna. Um, that goes for some of the guys that they've imported. I mean, you could say the Dexter Fowler was adrift there for a little while. And it certainly is the case with some young hitters. Um, you know, it, it, it's noteworthy that Dylan Carlson needed a reset at summer camp and then came back and surged, you know, Harrison Bader, Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill. These guys, they can't get that reset at AAA to search they, they got to find a way to connect with them at the major league level and make them more well-rounded and more productive hitters
3: i want to talk about the cba and yeah. it, it's the elephant in the room right now with regard to this season in the future and we we talk about it we hear about it what do you think this thing is going to be all about at the end of the day what are the biggest sticking points from where you sit that are going to really create some angst
8: amongst not only players owners? fans and people like you and me who cover this game today. It's service time um, with the comments from the former president of the Seattle Mariners sort of exposing what we all knew what all the actions was this willingness to massage service time and suppress salaries for young players. Um, you've seen it closer to home with Jack Flaherty making his statements every year about how he feels he's worth more than what the Cardinals are paying him. That's a big part of the CBA for the union is finding ways to get players higher salary and paid more of what they're worth earlier in their career especially if teams are going to start um you know not signing veteran players i mean you look at players are getting younger and what's happening is the market there is not there for the older players which is used to be when they would get their riches now you have this class of players that are settling for these one year deals, like brad miller's an example Right. Think back, you know, to 15, 18 years ago, the kind of contracts that a Brad Miller could count on getting once he got out in the free agent market. Now teams are like, well, we may not be able to get as good a player as Brad Miller, but we can get a slightly less player and only pay them minimum. And that's a better value for for them. And I think that's like the biggest question facing the union and the leagues and the owners is. How do they line up the value with the best talent? Because a lot of teams are now going for the best value as opposed to the best talent. They need to get the market back in line. To do that, you know, some of the debates that are gonna happen are how you define revenue, where the money for the owners is coming and how much of that it needs to go to players. Owners have been really reluctant to define what that revenue is, what that revenue stream is, what all of their revenues are. And a union is gonna to wanna to know that. And I, so I think there's a real clash here. How do you get younger players paid more earlier? Does that mean earlier access to arbitration? Does that mean earlier access to free agency? How do you eliminate the service time manipulation so that the best players are in the majors at at the time that they earn it? Um, and then how do you recreate a marketplace where value and talent are more in line?
3: Is arbitration still a good idea? Yes. For-
8: yeah, as of today. Um, I and mean,
3: is there some middle ground? Because we've been fortunate here in St. Louis where we haven't had a great deal of arbitration hearings. We had the one this year with Jack Flaherty, Michael Walker a couple of years ago. Uh, but everybody walks away feeling like, man, there's got to be a better way to figure this out. Right. Now, I was told that there's an algorithm that they could apply. Mm-hmm. But the issue here is that the agents won't like it because it's something that if they apply it, it'll be collectively bargained. Hence, you don't charge a commission on a collectively
8: bargained issue that you're going to deal with in a contract, right? So arbitration right now allows for collusion, and that's a bad part of it, because it allows for Major League Baseball to shape and manipulate and put out the timing. Of when the, uh, you know, of, of how salaries go out. So like, for example, like Jack Flaherty, first year eligible starting pitcher, he, um, He was in a class that also included Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller settles on a two-year extension with the Dodgers after Flaherty goes into his arbitration hearing. All of this is scripted out to allow for a market to set the prices as a whole. And Major League Baseball has its thumb on the scale in that regard. That's not great, and agents know that, and it also pits teams against players because it says, hey, Cardinals, you can't give Jack Flaherty whatever you want. You have to, you know, give him what we think he's deserved, even if." The, and then Major League Baseball doesn't have to have a seat at the table as the Cardinals are telling him all the reasons why they don't want to pay. Um, that part is a mess. Why arbitration still has a place in all this, however, is because it right now is still a marketplace for young players to get raises. And we don't see that in free agency, per se. So, you know, you see guys like Yadier Molina is an example, um, late in his career, taking a pay cut. Um, Adam Wainwright, coming back from injury, takes a pay cut, has to, re, you know, get back up there. You watch what happened, what has happened with Marcel Azuna. Where was that $100 million contract that would have awaited a player like that years ago? Through arbitration, they are still, forcing raises for players and that that's a good thing. It's just not happening fast enough and it's not allowing the teams to dictate that based on the talent or the performance that they're getting in return. It's all based on this class and this peer group. Jack Flaherty and Walker Bueller are worth more to their teams and their performance is worth more to those two teams than being um, weighed down by the performances of other first-year starters. Um, And that's created a problem. You're a hockey fan. If they were to introduce some kind of restricted free agency where, say, a team could say we would like Jack Flaherty and this is the price we're willing to pay and the Cardinals have to go, "Uh uh-oh, well, we'll take your draft picks or we're going to meet that price, that would radically change baseball and that would get salaries up for younger players.
3: We saw that once in St. Louis with uh, Scott Stevens and and Brendan Shanahan. So you, you make a great point there.
4: And that's Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch with my man, Mike Claiborne. The Cardinals Kids Club is presented by Rawlings and it's the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes access to exclusive virtual events and items including a fleece blanket and a wall sign all for just $33. You can join at cardinals.com kidsclub kids Stick around. We got a lot more coming your way, a whole nother hour of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk uh, a bit about Matt Carpenter again. We're going to hear from Mike Schilt. CJ Nikowski from MLB Network Radio is going to be joining us. So a lot going on in the second hour. And up next, we've got another 2021 Cardinals calendar to give away right here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Getting underway for hour number two. Obviously, a lot coming your way throughout the rest of this show and certainly a few more shows, Claibs, before we run up on opening day. So, it's you know, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago if it felt like things were happening quickly in baseball, it would have been like, no, it's not really. But maybe it's a coincidence. But ever since the Arenado trade, it feels like the whole thing is sped up and now, like, the, the regular season's right around the corner.
3: Uh, you know, that's a great point you make um, because it did seem like we were, you know, at a snail's pace, but man, <clears throat> Arnado rolls in and and things start to percolate. Then you have Wainwright and Molina signing and, yeah. um, you know, here we are in spring training and now we're having some conversations about different positions, uh, the traditional fifth starter conversation, and, and just what this offense is going to look like. And, and And I think that's where it starts. I mean, you look at the pitching, the pitching is, it should be okay. Yeah. Bullpen should be terrific. Yeah. Uh, The defense is going to be better than last year. And so that leads us to the one most important factor. And this is what fans get a kick out of as much as anything is offense. And it, it wasn't there last year. I mean, you didn't hit a lot of home runs. You didn't score a lot of runs and you know, it was frustrating because we wasted a lot of good pitching performances last year. So how do we improve it? Well, we go out and get Arnauto. Okay, that's great. Yep. And nobody's nobody's complaining about that. He gives he and Goldschmidt should work well off of each other. Okay, now what do we do about Young? De Young kind of faded, got off to a good start. How can he stay consistent? How can he not give up at bat, give away at bats? Then there's Yachty. Yeah, he's old, but Yachty finds a way to get the clutch hit when you need it. He's not gonna hit for a lot of power, but when he does, it always seems to be timely. Yeah. So that leads us to the leadoff man spot. And, and that's going to be Tommy Edmond, we think. Right. It also leads us to Harrison Bader and what he's going to do. Uh, you know, he's been around for a while now. And at this point, offense has got to be something he's going to have to be significantly better at. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a the left field position. Now I say position because you have Lane Thomas, you have the gold glove winner and Tyler O'Neill, and you also have Justin Williams. That's the most key spot on the field. And it may even be a spot for Matt Carpenter. You just don't know. But it, it's got to be a more productive position. And yeah. how we get to that, I just don't know. And, and you know what? We might be throwing Tommy Edmund out there uh, if Carpenter's going to play some second base.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's pretty simple, I think, Claves and, and Mike Schilt used a very... Of it here at, since the start of spring training, we are, you know, if you hit, you don't sit. I know we talked about that last week. You mm-hmm. know, when you're a lineup that ne- when you're in a lineup that needs more offense, if you're hitting, you're not sitting. I mean, if Carpenter hits, he's going to play, but we know that's that's a question mark. And you know, it's one of those things that we touched on last hour, Claves. It's going to be one of those deals where you have to see it to believe it. And, you know, it's it's been a long enough time where you're not going to just assume that it's going to come back and. You know, now that Matt Carpenter's 35, that that equation becomes even more complex. And there are a few, you know, I was talking about this earlier on in the week, and I wanted to run it by you, Claves because when, when people start having somewhat regular physical problems in the same area, right? He's had the lower back and the oblique problems for a number of springs now. I don't think it's a coincidence that that coincides with some of the numbers dropping off and, you know, I, I wanted to make a point about, you know, the physical being physically compromised is not always the same as being injured, right? But an injury can lead to that. So look at like, for example, Alan Craig, there's a line in the sand in his career, the the amazing middle of the order hitter before the foot injury and the guy that never figured it out after the foot injury. Albert Pujols was arguably the greatest hitter uh, of, of all time, or at least one of the greatest hitters of all time through the first 10, 11 years of his career. As soon as the leg problem started to become chronic, the offense goes away and it's very difficult when your body doesn't work the same way that it used to. it It's not about mechanical changes and it's not about your workouts and it's not about whether or not, you know, how to hit. Sometimes the body just doesn't work the way that it used to. We see that with pitchers all the time, right? I mean, you know, guy that used to throw 96, now throws ninety-one. And I mean, look, for example, you look at Clayton Kershaw. You know, his body doesn't work the same way that it used to. And I wonder if that's what we're looking at with Matt Carpenter. That because I mean, here's a guy, Claybs, nobody questions his work ethic, his knowledge, his ability to control a strike zone. It just seems like that that what used to seem easy does not look easy anymore.
3: I, I think you make a good point. I'm gonna add one other word to it, age. Uh, right, when you right, start yeah, to have when you start to have those issues that limit you, and the older you get, it becomes more difficult to be able to fight through it and push through it or make the adjustment that's going to make you effective. It, it's a bad combination, and you know, in, in Carpenter's case, I think you hit the nail on the head because it's hard to swing a baseball bat when you've had lingering back issues. It, and you know, you may feel good. Right. But there's that one little circuit in your brain that says, well, we, we can't do it like we used to, and therefore you're limited. And then you pick up other bad habits that come with it because you're trying to compensate for what you were able to do at one point in your career. So you, you may be right on point. Um, it's, it's something that I think we all have to look at. I'm sure Matt Carpenter, in the back of his mind, is, has certainly thought about it. But, you know, I, I think for fans and certainly the team, what's next? What's our plan B? Should this situation not get off on the right foot?
4: Yeah. And, and again, I hope it's not that. I mean, I would love to see Carpenter healthy and productive. I mean, I just, you know, when, you, when we see similar situations uh, with players that you, know, you, get, you get into your mid thirties and you have an injury uh, and, and it's again, it's a chronic thing, right? Something that comes up, you know, somewhat regularly. I mean, we've had that with Carpenter a number of springs in a row. Uh, and I, and I use this, I use myself as an example, Claybs. I'm sure you've got something along those lines i think everybody does but something like like 16 years ago i i broke my ankle pretty bad i mean you know broken bones and tore ligaments and the whole deal and like today it doesn't feel the same as the other ankle it doesn't hurt it's not injured anymore it doesn't cause any pain but it doesn't move the same way it doesn't have the same range of motion and you know what happens to a hitter especially but even a pitcher too see a pitcher can can work differently right if you lose velo you can work more command you can use your curveball more you can develop a change up you can you can kind of finesse it a little bit hitting is all about explosiveness it's all about bat speed and being at the right place at the right time and when you feel like you're not getting there the first thing a hitter is going to do is start to cheat to hit the fastball which is going to make you more vulnerable to strikeouts more vulnerable to off speed and you know, if, if if you're missing that one or two pitches, you get a game that you have a chance to hit. I mean, that's it. That's the difference between being productive and not.
3: No, I, I agree with you. And, again, I, I think it's also there's a mental block where you think you can do it, and then there's another element in your mind that says, yeah, but you can't. And your body tells you 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 can't. And, you know, it just it goes back to my original question, Concern that yeah. if if we have this perfect storm of not being able to to get off on the right foot, um, you know, the Cardinals are going to be looking around for some bona fide options and that bona fide option may not be on the ball club as we speak.
4: Certainly something we'll be tracking again, you know, knock on wood, hopefully everything goes well for Carpenter. Cause again, if he's hitting well, that's going to be a good problem for the team to have to figure out. It's not really a problem. It's one of those joking things, like a oh, good problem. It's not. Yeah. Really,
3: it's and you a know what, thing. Kevin, I think the other thing here is, he doesn't need to hit 36 home runs in order to be a contributor. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of ways Matt Carpenter can help this team with the bat. So if he wants to swing for power, then if he gets his pitch, then yeah, fire away. But that's not a prerequisite here to have 35, 36 home runs like he did a couple of years ago. Uh, let's just find, Hey, let how about going back to having a bunch of doubles? You know, with that one year he had 55. I mean, you know, if he can, if he can give a, give you 40, I mean, yeah, I'll take that in a, in a heartbeat at this point because there's going to be runners on in front of him and he's going to be a run producer at that point.
4: Well, hopefully we'll find out more about that as it goes along in the spring. And a lot of these questions we have now will be um, less questions and more answers in about a month. Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you here. and We're just a few days away from the start of the Grapefruit League schedule, which is happening on Sunday. Can't wait to get that game going that'll be 1205 between the cardinals and the nationals right here on the cardinals radio network we got a lot to do in this hour i'm going to tell you about that in just a second but i also want to ask you a question are you getting married in 2021 well bush stadium is the perfect venue for baseball loving couples and dates are still available from receptions and ceremonies to portrait sessions cardinal special events can help bring a little baseball into your big day all right coming up we're going to hear from cj netkowski a little later on next we'll hear from the skipper mike schilt here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here, uh, obviously rolling through a really busy show, and they they only get busier as we get closer and closer to opening day. Now, earlier today, Cardinal skipper Mike Schild talked a bit about a number of things down in Jupiter, uh, talked a bit about how some of the guys that have been banged up fared in their workouts, uh, like Jordan Hicks and Miles Michaelis, guys coming off injuries from previous seasons, talked a bit about uh, who he might be starting in the Grapefruit League opener on Sunday. But started here with a topic I think a lot of people are going to miss, especially the guys on the field, especially the players. Going to be missing the Cardinals legends in camp, which is normally a tradition, but something that just isn't possible in the time of COVID.
5: There's something missing in the camp. The camp's going great, but um, it's the first time that in in my 18 years in this organization that you haven't seen the protection of the rightful protection of our institutional knowledge in um, our our Hall of Famers, just being present, being involved in camp. It's just a huge part of um, getting people to understand how to be good caretakers of the organization and then also being able to to learn from these guys, you know, including myself. So um, you know, clearly with Mr. Gibson and Mr. Brock pass, and of course we misread. Um, you know, that that still stings, you know, we, we memorialize them with pictures in the clubhouse that uh, we get a chance to enjoy. And um, <clears throat> but then you're also, like I said, I talked to Shannon last night and plan on talking to Whitey in the next day or two. And, you know, we'd see Ozzy, of course, by now. And it's always a pleasure to see him on the field and talking to the infielder to see him and Willie and Akindo talking together and enjoying some memories. And, um, you know, Chris Carpenter has been in our camp the last several years, been on this, you know, part of the, part of the staff and um, understandably, look, it's not the organization's choice. I mean, we only have so many spots for people that um, are with us more on a daily basis and a lot of people that are in the organization full time aren't even here. So, you know, people wonder why, why aren't they there? Well, we have a very limited number of people that and we're in certain tiers that can even be in the facility. So, um, you know, it eliminates, some really remarkable cardinals um, from being with us um, we got to be intentional about using zoom to allow this group to connect um, you know like i say ozzy and izzy and carp um, and and um, you know ron ludwig was part of our program last year was a, was a big part of it and bruce Suter i've talked to recently and um, you know there's just a lot of a lot of people that that care about this organization and, and the organization cares about that um, we want to get in front of our players and, and our staff to to make sure that um, we continue to to uphold what they built. So Jimmy Edmonds, I mean Jimmy's a really smart baseball guy. Clearly he does some broadcast. is very helpful. sees the game well. But no, these guys work. I mean, they, that's the that things missed. I mean, they come in and and uh, and they've just got such a wonderful eye, and they know what it looks like. And and um, you know, Derek Lopez, I talk about that. You know, knowing what it looks like. And this is a group that. Clearly knows what it looks like, and they come in, and and it's uh you know for a guy like Nolan Arenado to come in the organization, you know I think it's important for 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 guys like Ozzy to be around and talk about some defensive things and and text people around balls, have some fun with it. But you know clearly that can't happen in the moment. But my hope is maybe at some point this year at Busch Stadium we can make that happen.
4: And again, that's Cardinal Skipper Mike Schilt from a little bit earlier today. Gear yourself up for the 2021 season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. It's your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out. Remember, you can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine or call 314-345-9000. Coming up next, we're going to talk to CJ Nitkowski, former Major League reliever, uh, now a host on MLB Network Radio. He also works as a part of the Texas Rangers broadcast. We'll talk to CJ Nitkowski when we come back here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. All right back in on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals radio network. Uh, Kevin Wheeler, Mike Claiborne, of course, with you here. We got the show rolling all the way up. It looks like we have about the way things are going now. Just another few weeks of our, basically, our hot stove show that we call the countdown and looking forward to counting down to the regular season, talking a little bit more about games here uh, starting up this weekend. Also happy to be talking about the big picture in the National League and some of the top stories in Major League Baseball and some Cardinals uh, with cj nitkowski from mlb network radio he's kind enough to spend a little time with us here on the countdown first of all cj thank you for doing this second of all Hope you're doing well, man. I know it's a it's a different kind of spring, but at least we've got games starting here in a matter of days, and that's good for all of us.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. It's always good to talk with you, Kev. I, yeah, it is good to see some games. It feels at least a little bit kind of normal. I, I've noticed so far early energy, I think, coming out of camps, both from coaches and players. Everyone's just happy to be on the field. We can't be there. Everything I'm doing is from a distance. We'll do a couple of games on television, and we won't even get to do it on pers- in person, so we'll actually call those from Arlington for me when we go do some some Rangers games i'll take it any way i can get it at this point
4: <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so what's got your attention as we get into uh, this part where cactus league grapefruit league are going to get started what what are the top stories that you guys are talking about right now on on mlb network radio
1: yeah i mean there's a ton going on we were talking about the blue jays a couple of days ago which i think is interesting with the blue jays and yeah. kind of where they are and whether or not they can challenge uh in the american league east they may have a legitimate chance but They probably could use a little bit of help. I think the idea of how strong both Eastern divisions are in both the American league and the national league and how that's going to be difficult for teams trying to win a wild card because they're playing each other this year. And so yeah. the idea that you have your four teams deep in both of those divisions, I think certainly will be a big story throughout the year. Uh, what's going on in every division matters, but I think even who is going to take this National essential, it does seem like the Cardinals have made the best moves, but there hasn't been a ton of money spent, at least in free agency. Now the money certainly has been taken on uh, with some trades with Nolan Renato and the idea right. that Jackie Bradley Jr. and Jake Otorizzi don't have jobs yet. Is also kind of interesting at this point.
4: Yeah, that's crazy, and and there were so there was some buzz uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago about Rizzi maybe having some ties to the Cardinals. He's from uh, right across the river in Illinois, uh, but haven't heard a lot of that here lately. Uh, I, I think you have an interesting take there, CJ, and I and I heard you guys talking about the Blue Jays um, on the network, and I and I thought um, you know the more about the the compi- the comparisons in the division could how much that could impact even the wild card races where. You know, you look at the East in both leagues, it's loaded. You look at the West, um, they seem more top heavy to me, especially the National League West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the Centrals, more in the National League Central, I think, than the American League, Because at least in the American League Central, I think we have a, a pretty established favorite, right? I mean, Minnesota's kind of in that role. I'm not sure yeah. that we have that much definition in the National League Central division.
1: I would agree with you. And I would say I, I still like the White Sox on paper, too, is yep. probably the best team out of the American League Central. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, we looked at this National League Central and just kind of wondering who was going to step up this offseason. And what do you do when you're caught in between? Like, I think for the Chicago Cubs, and I know their fans hate to hear this, Cardinals fans probably like to hear it, they're, <laughs> they're better off bowing out, in my opinion. Like, if you're going to go ahead and take that step backwards, go ahead and take it and and get rid of some of that money. If you can, if that means Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, I know they brought in Jake Arrieta. And so that tells me they're, they're okay. Just kind of hanging in the middle without any, without making any major improvements. Obviously there's a big subtraction there and you Darvish not being on that club anymore. And I would say the same thing about the Reds. The Reds were stuck in the middle. They traded away their closer, but yet they still have sunny gray. They still have all those guys in the middle of that lineup, like Mike Moustakis and Castellanos and, and Joey Votto. Eugenio Suarez is a name we had heard a bunch and everybody is at least as it stands right now is still, still there they actually i think could be as much of a threat as anybody in that division and then the milwaukee brewers now we're hearing some rumblings about maybe they'll be in on jackie bradley jr although i'm not sure where he fits and so yeah. it still runs for four deep as far as contenders go in my opinion it just hasn't been that they're in with a ton of expenditures necessarily this offseason to make it happen
4: no you're right And i mean the, the only real big move in the entire division was the arenado trade i know you guys talked about that a lot everybody did around major league baseball and I'm not saying that one move changes the division because i don't think it does but it does help the cardinals in that their biggest weakness was the middle of the order right i mean when you don't have a solid three four it's hard to be consistent i mean you can have games here and there but it's hard to be consistent the fact that he also fits into their defensive profile they've been uh, arguably the most effective defensive team in baseball the last two years based on some of the metrics they got that and they've got pitching depth and now you at least have a couple guys in the middle but even that it's still a team. If you listen to Cardinals fans, CJ, they're, they're so like, okay, but who's going to hit in the outfield? And, you know, is everybody in the rotation going to be able to stay healthy with Michaelis coming off surgery last year and Kim having never pitched a full season in the big leagues and Wayno being 39, you know, you go through the list of things you, you can find questions. If you want to look for them,
1: you can. And there's always been kind of a running joke for us on a movie network radio that in previous off seasons, Usually the calls we got from Cardinals fans was the stress over who was going to back up Yadier Molina. Like that seemed to be like, that was their biggest problem. And there was no empathy from us when we would take those calls. Now things have changed here a little bit uh, yeah. over the last couple of years. I had wondered out loud when we were talking about the Cardinals earlier about Jackie Bradley Jr. Because when he came up with the Brewers, I'm like, I wonder why the Cardinals haven't been in on him. And I know Harrison Bader plays a really great center field and he's solid yeah. defensively, but it is a left-handed bat that you would get in Jackie Bradley Jr. was probably will be a little bit more pop in there if for some reason his price tag falls it's not a bad sneaky move for them I don't think I'm mean, not I'm talking about like on a one-year deal not going right, long term right. if he can't get the deal that he's looking for and maybe the money's not there maybe it's not a match for that but there's something about that left-handed bat who you're not even asking for a ton of right you just went through what's happening in the middle of the lineup and and even probably at the top where you can afford to slide him down if you want just to be able to mix it up a little bit and give you a little bit of a different look from a guy who defensive metrics aren't that favorable to to him i think they're they're misreads i think he's much better than the numbers say, and i think people that watch him will tell you that he's much better defensively he's really good defensively but i've kind of wondered why his name hasn't come up with them and i guess if you're down to one last move if it's him or if it was oda rizzi on the guys that didn't get the money they wanted this year and only have to sign their best one-year deal that they could sign I'd probably go Rizzi too, but I just kind of started wondering a little bit about the Jackie Bradley Jr. fit in St. Louis.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the the one thing that if you look at the lineup, CJ, it's very right-handed. I mean, you know, outside because right now there's no spot for Matt Carpenter, who would be mm-hmm. one of the only left-handed hitters on the on the on the major league roster. Carlson's a switch hitter, so he's going to help in that regard. But he's also a rookie, so you know, I mean, the expectations are high for a highly highly thought of rookie who finished strong last year. But again, you know, until you see it, it's, it's hard to know what to count on. I, I think a lot of Cardinals fans are probably nodding along saying left-handed hitting outfielder might not be a terrible platoon partner for a guy like Bader who kills lefties but has struggled mm-hmm. with right-handed breaking balls. I think the team probably wants to find out more about those guys, but I, you
1: have me intrigued, CJ. Yeah, I think with Bader, you know, he's an interesting guy because you watch him and you. I love the way he plays and he gets after a little. He's a fun player to watch and we've seen it at times, right? We'll see a little pop in the bat, but maybe not to the consistency that we had hoped Reds league average on base. It's even though for me, I know we get away from batting average. I think it still matters to some degree with a guy like that, knowing the slugging numbers aren't going to be off the charts. I'd like to see him get his hits at least. Um, But, you know, he does have three years now of service time in the big leagues, and I think they they have to make a decision to see the guy going forward or other better upgrade options, and, and potentially that's where a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. might fit not to what his ask has been. And sometimes right, that stuff right. is a little bit exaggerated, but we hear like, was he looking for five years or is that really a conversation starting point for him? And and he's hoping to get four and he'll settle for three. Well, then it probably doesn't fit the Cardinals if that's the case, but on a one year in an, and then here's the other part of it. I think when you get these conversations on some of these one year deals where they always seem a little bit high on the, you know, because the, the contract number is going to be higher than it would have been on a multi-year deal in the case of the Cardinals right now, there could be a big difference maker because of the division. You know, it's one thing if it's you bringing a guy on a one-year deal and you're not even sure how much is going to make a difference based on what your team and your division looks like. In this case, I think they have a legitimate chance to win the division. Could it be one of those incremental moves where they do something like that that ends up being the difference? Things are changing, right? I mean, you've, you've only got a
4: third of a season under the belts of everybody in baseball last year. Minor leaguers, a lot most of them had no games. Uh, some of them had sim games at the secondary sites, but certainly not a full season's worth of work. And it sure is setting up to be a year where bullpens – Are going to be heavily relied upon just your give me your view like big picture are there things that people should be cautious about what do you see regarding pitching going into 2021
1: there's going to be a ton of focus on fatigue and try in ways to try to measure that and get a really good feel because everybody wants to be ahead of the curve and not behind it right you want to be proactive and not reactive in the way that the tampa bay rays kind of treat their pitching staff anyway right and obviously became really famous uh this past Post-season, when we saw Blake Snell come out a little bit early, there are certain managers, and I would say Dave Roberts gets like that too. They want yeah. to get their pitchers out there, a hitter early as opposed to a hitter too late, right? They don't want to wait till it's too late. So I would say take that now and look at it big picture for the entire season for a lot of these pitchers and for these teams. I think that's the direction that they go, whether it's six-band rotation. Uh, we keep hearing in Rangers camp, they want to get a little bit more creative on what they're going to do, maybe with a potential six spot for a little while. And it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Everybody can have ideas that they put together in their laps. What does it look like? How does it play out on the field over the course of a real season? I think the upside is for the longest time and certainly during my generation, when you were the long man in the bullpen, you were the last man in the bullpen and you probably weren't valued. Those guys have a ton of value right now. The idea that you could throw multiple innings, maybe it's three or four, come back again, do it another three days later. There could be great value in that. I think we've seen it over the last couple of years anyway. We call it the bulk guy now. He actually has a new title. But it's good to see those guys get some value because they used to have a really tough job and they were often underappreciated.
4: And that's former big leaguer CJ Nickkowski with us, of course, now with MLB Network Radio and the Rangers broadcast team. I want to remind you, for the best baseball content and hot stove updates this offseason, follow at MLB on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All right, stick around. We're going to hear a little bit from Cardinals center fielder Harrison Bader when we come back on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. We continue on on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Already gotten so much information tonight from so many people, and we're going to continue that. We got a little bit more to do, and uh, we're going to do that here with Cardinals center fielder Harrison Bader who spoke about a couple of different things earlier this week. Uh, One, about how he wants to add uh, a gold glove to his resume, kind of like Tyler O'Neal did last year, but also just wants to work with the group to make the entire outfield stronger and more of an asset to the team moving forward.
6: You know, guys might be moving around, but it's my job to make everybody aware of what's going on. Um, And and what I mean by that is communication. You know, communication is obviously very important. Whether it be coming in with your infielders, going to your left or to your right, to your left fielder, right fielder, um, you know, it's just it's it's my job to to make it just an an imperative thing, and um, and yeah, I mean everybody does a really good job of that. There's an understanding of it, so it's not like I need to like, you know, pound it really home. But um, you know, I I do put it all on me to to go out there and, and explain, you know, what I expect of myself and my guy to my left and to my right because we are a unit out there.
2: What, uh, what was your reaction when the deal happened this winter here with Dex? I mean, obviously, he'd been here for pretty much the entirety of your of your big league career and was a guy who you've had to your side for the,
6: most of the whole time you've been in the outfield. What's what's the outfield like without him, I guess, at this point? You know, you mentioned him being a part of my career since I kind of made my debut in 17. Obviously, he was here. He's always been a, a positive influence in my career on and off the field. He's always had my back. He's always taken the time to, to go out of his way to – to give me any piece of information, whether it was related to baseball or not. Um, you know, it, it's really nice to be able to lean on guys at times um, who, who do have a lot of experience who have felt what you have felt, um, again, whether it be on the field or off the field. So he's always been a great friend of mine. I will always keep in touch. Um, but yeah, when I saw the move, you know, I, I guess it's a, it, you know, it's a it's a business. You know, I know that there was, you know, some motives behind it, which, you know, I I understand, or, but I also, you know, it is what it is to me. Um, you know I I have a job to do, I have I have things to prepare for. Um and I'm gonna go out there and just do my absolute best uh to be you know what Dex was to me to be to some younger guys. Um and it doesn't really take a lot. It's just a matter of just staying locked in, staying present and just being there for your teammates just like Dex was for me. So um, I plan on on acting that way because the guy who just exited you know this organization acted that way the entire time.
1: We all know you're a confident guy,
8: but in terms of the organization Saying the guys, the younger guys we have in the outfield, we like those guys, we think they'll produce for us, we want to see what they can do. um what does that do for the younger guys and for you, knowing that the organization believes in you and didn't make any moves to you know to add a, a piece here or there they they want to see what you guys can do? yeah, I mean it means a lot, you know I
6: mean we you know matt weeders he he had a really good quote. it's always stuck with me. And he's always said, you know, does confidence get you hits or do hits get you confidence? And when I think about that, you know, in my opinion, it comes from within. And, you know, it comes from how you wake up in the morning, how you go to sleep, how you go and prepare, how you get ready to go out there and compete. Um, so when when you have that piece of yourself confident and then you kind of add that organizational piece where they say, Listen, we're we're confident what we got. You know, we're we're ready to go out there and, and win a World Series with this club. I mean, it, I can't imagine feeling any better so you know with that said it gives a lot of people confidence gives me confidence. Um, and Listen, man, a, a large part of this game is definitely mental so um, you know a lot of dudes on this team are very physically talented um, and those separators are those little pieces and you know this might be just that so everyone's going to go out there and, and do their job. I'm going to compete on all sides of the ball and we're going to win a lot of baseball games. Kind of a random topic, but I wanted to get your thoughts on on Ken Griffey Jr. And his legacy as a defensive center fielder, since you're the Cardinals center fielder. Yeah, so the word legacy means a lot because it's easy to think about the end product. And then years will go by, at-bats will go by, situations will go by, and you kind of look back and go, well, I wanted to create a legacy, but you know, I, I don't really have much to show for it. And Ken Griffey Jr. is an example of somebody who came to the field every day. I mean, and just absolutely bald on all sides of the field and did it with a smile on his face and a backwards hat, you know, that he's obviously known for. But, you know, as a young as a young kid, seeing that, seeing the fun, seeing how present he was, you know, that's his legacy to me. Um, obviously he has so much more that he's done for the game, but in terms of just going out there and being the absolute best athlete, being the best baseball player you could be, I mean, doing it with a smile, doing it free flowing. I mean, that's that's just as great of a legacy as, as you could be because at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it really is a kid's game. Um, there are grown men playing baseball like little leaguers are still playing baseball. So it's the same exact game. And I think, uh, you know, for me, the, my, my biggest takeaway is just going out there and, and realizing that every situation is is its own situation. When you're on defense, you go out there and play defense, make a play for your pitcher. When you're on offense, you go out there and, and do what you got to do in that situation. And, uh, you know, when you think about it that way and you slow everything everything down, uh, you can kind of get some separation and and you can kind of breathe a little bit more and relax and you know we had one guy win a gold glove this you know this past season tyler o'neill that's awesome and i want one um i want one more than anything mm-hmm. and uh you know i know what i have to do to to help this team win and it's going to start on on that side of the ball and then we'll, we'll go from there on, on on offense but it really starts with just my preparation and being as best center field as i can for my team and the gold glove thing, it's more of just like a standard, you know, Um, it's a standard of of how you go about your craft in the outfield. It's a standard of how you go about your preparation. It's a standard of how you go about everything in the middle. Um, You know, this game is, there's no secret to success. A lot of it is repetition. Um, So going out there, keeping a really good routine, you know, on defense, Um, that gold glove standard, that platinum standard guys, you know, Arenado's won a bunch. Yadi's obviously won a bunch. It's, it's more about the standard of what it means to, to go about there and go about your business of your craft and uh you know that's a standard i'm shooting for and i know that um you know this defense is capable of winning a bunch so um when you kind of pair all three of our ability we're all on the same page i mean we're out here working on the little things little separators of so communication the one guy moving in one guy has his back You're moving as a unit out there getting in the habit of, of working between pitches with each other you know voicing you know the winds picking up just little little separators that ultimately could turn out to be the difference of a ball game or two. So, you know, those are the things where uh, we're really just taking a, a big focus on. And I'm, I just I can't wait to see it all play out, man, we're we're, we're kind of just getting ready to go out there and just again win as many games as possible. You know, we have a we have a group chat. Um, we don't have a Cardinals outfielder specific group chat yet, though, so maybe that might be in the works. but um no I mean again it's just this organization I mean I've been a part of it now this is well, my fifth you know going on my fifth season in the big leagues but even before that a couple seasons beneath it I mean you know in the, in the lower levels I mean there's just a it's just a standard roll into the stadium every day there's just an energy walking through the doors and an expectation that everybody just feels you know when you're approaching a locker room I mean it just it's just the truth it is what it is it's just you can't can't fake it you can't You can't pretend it's, you know, pretend it's there or pretend it's not there. It just, it just is. And the level of focus this group has, specifically the outfielders, but just everywhere. um, It's just awesome. And coming to work every day is just awesome. So, um, you know, we got, we just got to get our legs under us. We're going to keep doing our reps, but, you know, before we know we're preparing for game one and we'll be right where we need to be. Hey, Harris, I'm curious, were you surprised when the team traded for Nolan
2: and, um, or, or is it possibly because you've seen the Goldschmidt trade that, you know, this isn't a surprise to you? And also just what does it mean to have a guy like that here? I mean, it, it, it's got to
8: feel like, okay, it's October a bust for us.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely wasn't surprised. Um, and I think that's because, you know, obviously we have a great front office, in my opinion, and uh, St. Louis expects... Uh, expect playoffs, they expect championships, especially out of their baseball club. And they should, um, and, and you know, our front office, our owners reflect that. And, you know, whether, you know, we had one piece here, one piece there, at the end of the day, the goal is always to go out there and put the best best club in, on the field to be able to go out there and win. And, you know, adding a guy like Arenado, I mean, I mean, I've seen him play from afar. I mean, he's, dude's a baller. So <laughs> I'm. Uh, it just means a lot to me, you know, everybody's excited because the front office, you know, they did a great job obviously Mo did a great job and i'm just excited to go up there and just soak up the energy man and just go out there and just compete with that dude because. You know you mentioned goldie that was a big piece, a couple of years ago he's probably the best team i've ever had. And uh, now you got Arenado, another gamer so you know we all just want to compete, we all want to win and, and St Louis is a uh, is a great place to do it, in. so you know i'm excited and just just going to go out there, put our heads down and, and take care of business.
4: And again, that was Cardinals center fielder Harrison Bader from earlier this week. I want to remind you that the Cardinals Kid Club presented by Rawlings is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes access to exclusive virtual events and items, including a police blanket and a wall sign, all for just 33 bucks. You can join at cardinals.com slash kids club. Stick around. We're going to come back, uh, wrap up the show, and give away another 2021 Cardinals calendar here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network getting ready to wrap things up here on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network, Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And of course the season right around the corner, the 2021 Cardinals calendar is already available for you celebrating 12 epic moments in Cardinals history and getting you ready for baseball with that regular season schedule printed right in there for you. You can get your calendar at area grocers and retailers or by calling 314-345-9000. Now, if you're feeling lucky, If you want to be real quick on the trigger and you're the first person that calls us at 314 531 1120, first person that calls us at 314 531 1120 can get their 2021 Cardinals calendar for free. Many thanks to our guests for today, man. It's been a hell of a show. Uh, Great to hear from Nolan Arenado, Jack Flaherty, Harrison Bader, uh, Mike Schilt, CJ Nitkowski of MLB Network Radio, Derek Gould of the Post Dispatch. Hopefully, uh, you guys had as much fun as Mike Claiborne and I did putting all this together thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next week here on the cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by amron on the cardinals radio network
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better